Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EVN Disrupt podcast. My name is Nishda Tsaturyan, and I'm the editor of the creative tech section here at EVN Report. My guest today was Gagan Gudbudarian. Gagan is the founding partner of Strategic Values Ventures, a strategic advisory firm for global startups. He is also an ambassador for Berkeley Skydeck, the largest startup accelerated program in the University of California system. We spoke about what it takes to build a thriving tech ecosystem and how Armenia can be the regional hub for linking ecosystems from this part of the world with larger ecosystems such as California and Europe. Thank you for listening. Gagan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, Gagan, I want to start with a little bit of your background. Uh, tell us how you got involved in the startup space, in the startup world. Very quickly, um, I have or bring about 30 years in the space, professional career. I'm originally from Armenia, from Yerevan, was born, raised, attended physics math school, FISMAT, mm -hmm. which was a huge kind of uh, changer for me. Um, I mean, then followed by Yerevan State University, then uh, started in Moscow State University, so prominent uh, place, then Stanford. What did uh, you study at YSU in Moscow? Uh, it was economics and uh, uh, financial analysis. Mm -hmm. In Stanford, it was a joint uh, program between the academia at Stanford and also industry, and it was uh, about strategic decision and risk management. So whenever uh, companies, especially large companies, making huge strategic decisions like pharma, oil and gas, even uh, uh, agencies like FBI or tech companies, imagine the impact or implications of investing tens, hundreds of millions, right? Yeah. So that was really interesting insight, which interestingly also coincided with what I've been doing at that time in the Silicon Valley. So most of my career pretty much I spent in the U.S. working for the government, big consulting, uh, then high-tech, multinational corporations, and also small businesses, startups. So with startup world specifically, since we're going to talk about this, I was involved from very early days, um, even from 90s, then 2000s, um, you know, throughout my career in different capacities. And overall, I mean, uh, people uh, tell me my uh, experience is quite unique, even for uh, U.S. standards. I mean, it's all around, as I mentioned, but uh, the unique part, what I consider, is like being in uh, different shoes, right. being pretty much in everyone's shoes from uh, cross-functional, cross-discipline, being, uh, I mean, developing policies, for example, uh, tax, business policies, enforcing those policies in different times, different places, um, structuring major deals, negotiating those deals, changing legislations at the state and local level, uh, even uh, helping, uh, you know, driving strategy for data centers at Yahoo!, so it, it's been pretty much quite interesting, right? Very uh, diverse background. But if yeah. I boil down, which is important piece, boil down all these pieces, it comes down to really my expertise in connecting the dots, like seeing the same facts, seeing uh, different uh, aspects, sometimes adding new, but uh, connecting the way which creates something sometimes unique. 
in other words, um, like especially why I was headhunted by Yahoo back in those days um, and helped them create something unique, unique program, which was or became quite also unique for the industry at that time, was uh, this whole uh, concept of how to connect strategic interest of the company with strategic interest of uh, uh, multiple stakeholders like state local governments, uh, universities, community, uh, stakeholders who are typically or never been around the same table, yeah. right? For a number of reasons. Um, connecting those uh, interests, creating something um, like anchoring major goal, yeah. which can uh, bring them together, number one. But most important, uh, designing and aligning incentives for all the players, which is important because if you have mismatch of these uh, incentives, you can't really create something which is long-term, yeah. uh, sustainable, means all the parties win at the end, and it's flexible. Flexibility means uh, you, have, um, you can't predict the future. Right. And uh, what I'm dealing with all the time is uh, embracing uncertainty mm -hmm. because we're on the forefront of different aspects, creating new programs or new opportunities. And we'll talk about this uh, when I come down to my collaboration with Skydeck. You can't really predict the future. At the same time, um, all the players have specific controls or mechanism in place how to act or how to interact when things happen. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what I've been doing. In other words, that, that means creating ecosystems, uh, tech ecosystems, uh, entrepreneurship and innovation uh, ecosystems. Yeah. Um, the last five years, my focus uh, when I created Strategic Value Ventures, uh, which is currently um, advisory firm, uh, strategic advisory firm based in San Francisco, um, which helped essentially to create this cross-border ecosystem, in other words, a bridge between Silicon Valley and specifically Armenia, mm -hmm. uh, which was essential um, to spearhead all the changes in uh, ecosystem, tech ecosystem in Armenia. When was this founded? So uh, we're talking about 2017, about five years ago. Uh, history goes, um, at the time I uh, finished my mission with uh, Yahoo, and I was uh, really deeply thinking about what is the next big thing yeah. I want to focus on? So what's the next big thing? What is the major problem in the space? And I wanted to focus on uh, startups, on uh, what I consider is my next big adventure. Uh, but I had no specific idea of which angle to tackle. I mean, is it from the financing side, from VC's standpoint, or... Uh, from other major issue which existed at the time. And indeed, um, when I start thinking about like what is missing, yeah. uh, on one side, uh, major problem statement, which I saw at least why I didn't go into VC world at the time, was um, this whole classical VC uh, is based on numbers, large numbers. You spread your uh, investments across multiple companies and your yield, you know, probably if you're lucky enough, uh, if you can return and good returns, usually out of your portfolio, 90% yeah. of companies fail, 80 right. to 90%. 10 can make it. Um, it, it wasn't um, 
kind of good outcome uh, in my mind. I mean, it's the name of the game, at least for classical VC. But I wanted to understand why. And I started talking to VCs, to founders, and to understand what is really going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I surveyed VCs and asked, so you just made 500,000 or million dollar investment. Yeah. Like how much time do you spend with the founder to develop, to nurture, right? So in average, uh, it became around 40 minutes a month. 40 minutes a month that the VC spends with the founder? That's uh, kind of because classical VC is not in the business of developing founders. Right. But on the other side, the founders are constantly under pressure. Right. They need to make uh, decisions, not on a daily, but on an hourly basis. And they constantly under this uh, pressure of time and uh, pressure in general to make decisions. Yeah. So w when we're looking through uh, development of typical uh, company, mm -hmm. you will see the this pressure is creating significant disbalance, I would say, or huge issues on the founder that over a period of time, the quality of decision-making goes down if there is no support. Is that because it's driven by these very specific metrics that VCs just constantly want to see? Uh, not only that, but uh, you have team, you have uh, you know a product to develop, yeah. so you're constantly under pressure. Right. And if you don't have the support, what I call support environment or support mechanism, who can you talk to? Like I'm asking founder, who is on your speed dial? Who is your uh, advisor? What kind of uh, support environment do you have to do like uh, so as a sounding board to ask the question, to you know run this idea or ask for the advice, right? And that, uh, and I'm talking about at uh, this point Silicon Valley, yeah, right. So most of the time, this uh, environment of support is missing mm -hmm. or it's inadequate. And imagine this issue. In the region like Armenia, yeah, we, we're talking about 2016, 15, 17. It's pretty much non-existent right. at the time. I mean, we haven't had much uh, in terms of like startups at that time. But even if you do, like, what kind of uh, support do you have? Right. So we're coming. This is a segue to the second major problem statement, which I was considering back in 16, 17, early 17, was okay. We have this. Uh, clusters, I would say, uh, regions on uh, the map, mm -hmm. like Armenia in post-Soviet yeah. countries, uh, in Russia, in Ukraine, in Kazakhstan. In, I mean, if we're looking at the major region, right, where scientific and technological uh, advances, where we had this uh, excellence yeah. in, in once, in traditions of developing scientific or uh, technological innovations. Yeah. So Armenia is definitely one of these major centers. I mean, we had a major setback in 90s and early 2000s. Nevertheless, we have expertise and we have uh, still uh, these traditions. And when I say traditions, means uh, this tribal knowledge, which is transferred from, uh, you know, grandpa to son to, you know, grandson. Yeah or from friends and uh, so on, right? So this knowledge, this support mechanism. Yeah. So what we never had, at least over the last 100 years plus, right? We haven't had this tradition and expertise to build global companies around those innovations. Right, that scientific activity was done in universities and academic right. settings and wasn't commercialized. Right, but yeah. you don't have anyone who really successfully built companies around those innovations, sold uh, kind of globally, and yeah. runs those, uh, which pretty much 
existent in the Silicon Valley, but yeah. non-existent I- in this region, yeah. right? And we're not talking about just Armenia. We're talking about the large region. Yeah. So uh, because of that, uh, those companies, startups, or ideas are not visible in the Silicon Valley. You created some tech, right. uh, uh, you know, like technology, yeah. but you're not visible in uh, Silicon Valley. They don't see you. You're talking about from Armenia. No, from Silicon Valley, they don't see those uh, opportunities in Armenia. Oh, okay. Got right? It. Yeah. The second problem why they don't see, they may be familiar, but they can't really work with them because of the big, cha- uh, big differences in mindset, culture, business yeah. culture. Uh, so what is prevalent in Armenia, in the region, is the lack of business acumen, business culture, especially when we, we talk about global. Yeah. And again, these are the major, I mean, another fundamental problem for Armenian, for example, startup or company to enter U.S. market, for instance. As a matter of fact, of any uh, company from outside, uh, from any region, right? It's a lack of trust, reputation, and credibility. When you arrive to the U.S., you want to raise money, you want to start a business or connect with customers. Uh, Beside the issues I, you know, listed, there is this, they don't know you. Mm-hmm. They don't trust you. Right. Uh, you don't have any credibility. Why you? What kind of uh, you know track record do you have? Right. right? Uh, what kind of mindset do you have? Right. And that's something you cannot really solve very quickly. It requires time, money, and uh, definitely some other support mechanism and um, support environment. So for all these issues, and I'm looking at this back in 16, and I'm saying, how can we solve this? Mm-hmm. The major focus, uh, which uh, at the time was absent from anyone's solution, was like, okay, everyone is focusing on, you come, we help you to raise funds, yeah. we give you money. But again, as we saw, if you're not uh, developing these capabilities, yeah. global capabilities, if you're not uh, really changing the mindset, if you're not really creating new capacity for these founders, you give them a million dollars, they're not going to be able to create the company. Right, right. They're going to spend it, but uh, the outcome is pretty much because they don't see that. So let me take you through analogy, right? Okay. When you're starting a new business or a startup, right, you run idea in Armenia, you typically, what I, cons- what I call, you have a tunnel vision. You have um, narrow and uh, limited uh, visibility in terms of how it works, yeah. Uh, how to connect with people, uh, how to, you know, interpret signals they send. You know, I'm talking about uh, the global uh, community of investors, companies. Um, so essentially you're in a dark and narrow tunnel. Mm-hmm. And um, you go through this tunnel and uh, if you're in the tunnel, pretty much your opportunities are limited. So idea uh, of like how can we take them out of this tunnel mm-hmm. to see the entire and huge broad horizon with all the colors and shapes and opportunities that exist in on the world stage stage right how to m- make it happen so that was uh, the major i would say problem statement and the idea and again uh, no one really at the time was focusing on this psychological, uh, emotional aspect of how to transform the mindset. Mm-hmm. 
so to solve this problem, and we're coming to the point of um, our connection with uh, my connection, at least with the Berkeley Skydeck. Uh, so as a background, University of California, Berkeley, you know, like many other top universities. Yeah. And UC Berkeley is the top university for in different rankings is a top school. Uh, is a I think it's the number one ranked public university in the world as well, or at and, least in the uh, United States. Yeah, so. in the past, and now it's number one based on different rankings, yeah. uh, period. Yeah. Uh, they also number one in terms of how many founders came out of uh, the university. Stanford is the second. Uh, UC Berkeley also known as a, a birthplace of biotech. That's right, from, yeah. right. So there are a number, and uh, largest number of, uh, you know, Nobel Prize laureates. So it's essentially a lot of things, uh, huge potential. Yeah. And uh, as many top universities, they had internal uh, space uh, for um, faculty, for for students, for um, alumni to come together, create new opportunities to develop IP, to commercialize IP, which um, the university creates, right, yeah. internally. Um, so in 2017, uh, we got introduced. There was a change in uh, Skydeck was the largest at the time. Berkeley Skydeck was the largest in the Berkeley system and also the largest uh, entrepreneurship and innovation center, uh, also known as um, accelerator slash incubator. Uh, not only, than YC as well. uh, not uh, I mean, within uh, Berkeley, it was the largest. It was the largest also in uh, UC system, I believe, at University the time. University of California right. system. But when we met, uh, there was this idea, we want to make it global. We yeah. want to open up to global companies. And it was definitely a uh, very attractive uh, thought for me because I was looking how to solve the problem, as I described previously, and I needed a big partner for yeah. that. Uh, a platform to make it at scale, to really um, create that expertise especially for founders from the region, from right. Armenia and the region, uh, which can find that place really nurturing for them mm -hmm. because there are a lot of specifics. So uh, I definitely offered my help yeah. to bring companies uh, and fast forward. Today, Berkeley Skydeck is the top university accelerator based on Forbes ranking. They are the only one which is open to global companies mm -hmm. still. And uh, what is also unique that uh, it became also uh, self-sustainable. It's also a very huge uh, achievement. Yeah. Essentially, Skydeck, Berkeley Skydeck doesn't take money from Berkeley anymore. University. Got it. Just the the equity that they take from the startups and the. There is a different uh, structure, public-private uh, partnership between uh, Berkeley uh, Skydeck and. Berkeley Fund, Skydeck yeah. Fund, which is a separate entity uh, which pledged to provide 50% of the carry, which is the profit, which they will generate from each, I mean, deal, yeah. right, back to the university, which is very important. Yeah. Uh, but the daily, um, you know, operational cost is covered by other programs from partnerships with uh, companies outside and also a global innovation partner, which uh, we'll talk about in a moment, which I helped to instigate essentially or create based on the model in Armenia, mm -hmm. by the way. Um, so fast forward, uh, we now have the place in Berkeley, Skydeck. It, 
I believe today over 150 companies went through the process from uh, almost 50 countries. Armenia has the largest number of companies which went through the process. Per capita or? No, absolute. Wow. And some very prominent Armenian startups like CRISP and Super Annotate, AIMHUB, have all been graduates of the Berkeley exactly. Skydeck program. So you can say that uh, it not only helped them, in many cases yeah. it shaped these companies as we know them today. Yeah. Uh, and again, uh, in a brief Skydeck uh, program, uh, in many ways different from any other accelerators. How? First of all, it's a six-month program. Mm-hmm. It's important because um, for founders which are coming from this region, yeah. it's important to have this transformation. Mindset takes time to change. Uh, essentially, what I've been uh, helping companies by developing on one side Skydeck as a platform for these founders from this region. Uh, on one side, I was helping Skydeck to understand the context mm-hmm the mindset and also the culture of the founders who are coming from this part of the world. There are unique, I would say, strengths, if you will, how to work with them Mm -hmm. in a way, right? What are the top uh, places they're coming from to recognize uh, the quality? Uh, On the other side, these companies were coming from small environment, small narrow environment, as I said, like tunnel, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I was helping them to become or to place them in larger, in intense and condensed environment. Imagine the place where for six months you constantly talking to tens and hundreds of yeah. top experts in from different industries, different parts of the world, yeah. which are connected or um, gathered around UC Berkeley and UC uh, Berkeley Skydeck yeah. as a community, as an ecosystem, right? Uh, we're talking about also very practical workshops, uh, environment of support where you constantly uh, connected and uh, nurtured. Yeah. Uh, what's unique also, you receiving, um, you know, you matched as a founder, as a company with different key advisors like myself and many others who work with you, not just ad hoc, mm-hmm. but they work with you for the duration of the program. They are your champions. They are, yeah. you know, meeting with you regularly, pretty much on a weekly or bi-weekly. Um, they um, guide you. They also um, make sure that whatever asks you have, heard by a bigger community, yeah. you connect it with right people, right places. So regardless which part uh, of the world you're coming from, from Japan, from yeah. Korea, from Armenia or Europe, right, or Latin America. So that's what uh, been quite unique. Also, what's unique, uh, what other accelerators cannot really match, provide, it's access to this whole uh, unique resources of the top research university. Yeah. We're talking about professors, postdocs, uh, working with PhD students, students yeah. right? So uh, as part of the program, you work with uh, interns from different departments, Interns are students from University of California, Berkeley, uh, even MBAs or even yeah. uh, postdocs, right? And uh, our Armenian companies, at least, they you know benefited tremendously. Like yeah. Super Annotate is a great example where this collaboration with the professor and uh, his postdocs resulted in a huge uh, success. Yeah, uh, at least uh, it. 
in early stages, it was quite important process, which shaped and changed the company, mm-hmm. as we know today, super annotate. So that's kind of the potential. Now, what happened, I mean, during this process, if I can break it down this Please, last yeah. five years. So stage one or phase one was to help a partner, mm-hmm. uh, UC Berkeley Skydeck, to become who they are, right? So that's... So I helped them uh, with the deal flow, about 15% of companies who went through the process, not only Armenian, but uh, many others came through my referral. And that's important yeah. because I'm part of the selection committee on both tech and biotech. Your word carries weight. So I spent and invest a lot of time and efforts, definitely close to 1,000 hours a year to review thousands of applications from 100 uh, countries and uh, do deep interviews also to work, as I mentioned, as a key advisor with companies who are part of the cohort and GIP programs. This is essential because you have very much deep insight, unique insight, which is uh, not available to many Mm -hmm. in this uh, this business at least. Uh, It helps to see new opportunities. And uh, one opportunity which um, we jointly work with uh, Skydeck, I mean, back in 2019, one aspect which I shared with, or one insight which I shared with uh, Skydeck was, look, we're no longer in the business, as I stated, of accelerating individual companies anymore, mm-hmm. or only. Uh, we're now also in the business of accelerating entire ecosystems, From country-level ecosystems. Yeah. And I shared some stats at the time about Armenia. I said, look, the fact that so many Armenian companies went through your program, Skydeck, which is a huge, tremendous credit to Skydeck and its community and its ecosystem, they transformed, they became global phenomena. They raised tens of millions of dollars in investments. They created, uh, at that time, was over 300 plus uh, highly skilled, highly paying jobs, primarily in Armenia, yeah. but also in other uh, global places in U.S. as well. They created new clusters which did not exist yeah. in AI, computer vision, right? Uh, so uh, this economic development, this multiplier effect, yeah, yeah. effect uh, we now feel even uh, today. I mean, this acceleration, what we see today started back in 2017 with CRISP and, and Super Annotate because so many people came through these companies. Yeah. And today there are about 20 companies which I helped to go through the program, mm-hmm. different processes. Uh, 20 Armenian companies. Uh, Armenian founders, yes. Armenian founders, yeah. yeah. So we have now critical mass which is not matched by any other country. Right. I've heard they refer within Berkeley Skydeck to the... Armenian founders is sort of like the Armenian mafia of the, the space, right? That that's you. That's you're doing. It. Yeah. Yes, uh, I heard these anecdotes. Like yeah. You created the Armenian mafia, but yeah. I mean, jokes aside, what it helps to do, yeah, it creates uh, really. I mean, success of Armenian companies led to success of Skydeck and vice versa, right? Right. Uh, number one. Number two, it showed a huge impact on the country where they came from. They no longer just local Armenian companies. They're yeah. global companies based in Armenia, developing their, um, and that's unique as well, by the way, for many countries, where founders just um, ready or want to leave the country. 
In our case, in this case, these companies, these founders wants to live here. They want to raise families here. Yeah. The lifestyle, they love it. But at the same time, the uh, global phenomenon. They right. uh, sell globally. They understand the language of global business now. Yeah. Um, so many hundreds of uh, employees going through the process, through the company. They uh, Even if they leave, they, uh, they now learn some new business skills. They had exposure, uh, global exposure. They are, um, you know, now promoting the Western style thinking. Yeah. Right. So it's quite important because that leads to new uh, kind of um, new generation of uh, ideas in uh, companies. Yeah. And uh, as a development of is this ecosystem within these five years, I mean, you can see that um, the founders who started five years ago, they now, um, you know, investors as well. Right. Like Big Story is That's one right. example, uh, which in, in case of, uh, for example, Crisp uh, and a few others, they're not just uh, creating company, they're sharing their experiences, yeah. they're sharing their uh, do's and don'ts in a sense, right, with the community. And this is how uh, we have the now traditions and new expertise right. in place and also critical mass, as I said which, again, in many ways, uh, ahead of uh, many countries in the region. Mm -hmm. So if we look at the region, because I can see from a uh, standpoint, uh, you know, being also part of the selection committee and processes which I see in the valley, Silicon Valley. What do you consider a region to be? Region is quite large. Is I mean, it the post-Soviet space or is it no, Eastern it's Europe? beyond or? just post-Soviet. We're looking at uh, post-Soviet, uh, Eastern Europe. We're looking at uh, Middle East also. Okay. I mean, I'm not looking at uh, Israel as, uh, for sure, but uh, some countries in uh, Middle East definitely uh, developing their own uh, ecosystems. And in that sense, Armenia has a huge potential, yeah. which they don't. Uh, not uh, they don't, it's just uh, there are factors which can help Armenia to develop in a different direction, in faster direction. So when you're evaluating the long-term impact that some of those companies that have gone through Skydeck are going to have. Is it possible that in the next generation of startups that are uh, built and developed that are largely coming from maybe people who have worked at these companies, will they be able to be more independent of these large global accelerators such as Skydeck? Will that expertise then exist in Armenia so that they can get it locally or will they still be reliant on on um, the California ecosystem. Right, so uh, this seemingly uh, simple question has several uh, kind yeah, of parts. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess my question is, what do we need to build here in Armenia right. so that we have both? So uh, if I describe again uh, back to like what happened over the last five years, on yeah. one side I help uh, my partner, you know, place, and I believe in the program which we started or still de in development at Skydeck because it's it's still... The only place, the yeah. only platform, not only for Armenia. I mean, it remains the single place for the entire region, this region, which, um, especially for Armenia, which uh, consistently every year produces or kind of takes Armenian founders through the process. Yeah. And thanks to that, we now have, again, something which uh, creates and builds new capacity and capability right. within the ecosystem in Armenia. That's number one. Yeah. So um, the second phase was uh, to take to Skydeck early stage companies, 
uh, startups. Yeah. The third uh, phase for me was um, to expand this uh, to companies which are more mature. Right. They like may or may, uh, may not be a startup in a typical sense. Mm-hmm. They may have uh, you know large revenue. They may have uh, even teams of hundred plus people. Right. Nevertheless, they have the same fundamental problems as small startups. Yeah. Number one, it's talent development. Yeah. The opportunities uh, are limited, and uh, Skydeck provides really um, huge uh, potential for yeah. these people to again go through the program, transform to see a global opportunities. Because if you're founder, if you top management, right, you can act and you can build the next level of your product if you see or connect it with the processes in the on the global scale. Mm-hmm. You understand how investors think. You understand what uh, specifics are in the enterprise, which you may not have in your local market. Right. Yeah. And you know about them typically from either listening uh, or you know some general conversations, but you don't have insight from the experts yeah. who've been in that business for 20 plus years. And this is where, again, the network of uh, uh, advisors and uh, who are supporters of uh, Skydeck or that ecosystem yeah. come in place. Um, so that's uh, all, all these pieces were done to this point. My major, I guess, even back in 2017 idea, this big North Star essentially, yeah. was how we can create in Armenia the capacity and capabilities to build the base, the hub for the entire region. Right. So Armenia is the place where you have... Uh, that expertise is there. Right. So you essentially like the processing place. Yeah. You're no longer just a resource place, but you help these companies from any country in the region to come and, uh, you know, raise their bar, essentially, mm-hmm. to go through the program which is done in Armenia, uh, use the resources, uh, services yeah. um, in Armenia, which uh, representatives from region to be able to connect with the global network. And it's very much uh, essential and possible to do in Armenia, connect that network. Mm -hmm. So they are working with companies in Armenia. So all that, something which this year um, I'm working on and uh, talking to a number of interested parties in developing this uh, whole mechanism uh, structure and mechanism of partners and also fin- raising funding for that. Yeah. So in, in a way, Armenia can serve as, maybe I won't frame it correctly, you'll, you'll correct me, it'll sort of serve as what Berkeley Skydeck is able to do in California as what Armenia can do for this part of the world, for this region. With the help of Skydeck With the help too. of Skydeck, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, uh, essentially I want to... Um, uh, I see this as, uh, again, expansion of our right. partnership with uh, or collaboration with uh, Skydeck uh, to bring, not only bring the name, but right. uh, their network expertise, the program, which helps both sides. I mean, on one side, it helps to raise the bar yeah. and create a new pipeline of uh, great companies, yeah. which can go to Berkeley or now even uh, in Milan, where uh, we really created new center of excellence for yeah. uh, Skydeck, Skydeck Europe. So I'm looking to create um, that place yeah. in Armenia which can serve the region. Mm-hmm. How important is the role of the university in that ecosystem? Huge. Yeah. 
it's huge. I mean, uh, if you understand the potential of the university, right? And university has uh, some resources and even, I would say, the aura. Yeah, the environment that it creates. Yeah. Uh, what I uh, sometimes I compare, uh, for example, Berkeley Skydeck uh, or uh, is a Saturn uh, university. UC Berkeley is a planet, right. big. It uh, many things gravitates towards yeah. that huge planet, and that planet can attract or otherwise, right? Um, many uh, processes, people, uh, you know, associations, and uh, what it c can create around that planet, the rings of Saturn, right? Yeah. Those are, if you look individually, those are VCs, those right. are, you know, uh, alumni. Yeah. Uh, kind of groups, um, you know, different type of um, small R&D, entrepreneurship clubs, and many other things, or just in general, um, you know, this interested people who never even went to the university, yeah, UC Berkeley, like myself. They're part of the... <laughs> Are part of the processes, yeah. right? So that creates this visible ring. So yeah. how can we recreate similar aspects in Armenia or in the region? for the universities here, right? Is that something you're involved with now? Yeah. So yeah. We are in, in talks right now in uh, the hub, which I'm talking about. Essentially, it's a neutral place which allows many partners, many players. Universities. And uh, on one side, different universities to be around that. Yeah. Uh, VCs, uh, service enterprises or providers uh, and companies. Why it's essential. Armenia is an ecosystem. It's very uh, small still and fragmented. Yeah. And it also comes from the mindset, local mindset. It's me. It's mine. Right? It's, yeah. You grew up uh, here. There, there, yeah. is, uh, no, uh, there is this kind of lack of collaboration. Ah, okay. Got it. The culture yeah. of collaboration is relatively new. Right. right? I right. can do this. This is mine. So right, right. Uh, I want to do the, my way. So the problem with that... Um, it's becoming very fragmented and very small. Yeah. No one, none of the players yeah. in this place, even if they have great resources, financial resources, they cannot recreate or create this full, uh, what I call, value chain. Mm -hmm. So, for example, take uh, any founder. So, they have idea. They want to start idea. Uh, there are uh, kind of not many places where they can go through incubation process. Mm -hmm. Right? right, so there may be Epic at University of AVA. There is uh, probably Midkit, the Digitain. I mean, Startup Academy. Yeah, yeah exactly. At Hero House, so there are not many places yeah. they usually can go. But uh, if they go through the process, what's next? Right. right, and it's not just one step. There are multiple steps which needs to be connected. So first of all, uh, the founder wants to see what's the path for me. Yeah. Like, if I go through this, where would I end up? Got it, yeah. Also, uh, from the standpoint of the value chain, like, what kind of expertise we should create at each individual step. Uh -huh. And, again, none of the players can create that. Not because of even financial constraints, which is definitely a big problem, but uh, the biggest is expertise. Yeah. You don't have that type of expertise in uh, skill set. Right. Yeah. 
and that's not something you teach. I mean, right. as I mentioned, is it the exposure that's necessary? Exposure, that? yeah. um, you know, uh, going through this transformation. Yeah. It's not about information; it's about experience. So, how can you create those experiences? And that only can happen, at least in this environment, if we use what I call leverage. Leveraging, uh, connecting, collaborating allows many players to leverage the same resource, same uh, uh, build their internal capacities, right? At the same time, fill in the gaps and not, you know, um, shy away or uh, be restrained from lack of resources they have internally. Can so, you give a concrete example of that? Maybe how that's happening today? Again, I mean, uh, one example, any given top university, at least in Armenia, right, they want to create internal incubator. Right. Right. So it could be kind of specific in um, business. It yeah. could be just uh, for bigger university, right? doesn't matter. I mean, the next question I ask them, what's next for these people? Where should they go? Okay, they won the competition. Great. Yeah. They got certificate. They got even a prize, $1,000. So how you support them from that point? Right. What's the support system from there? Right. So how you support? You definitely vested in their uh, kind of success. You want their success because yeah. that will bring success to you. How do you create this environment? I mean, um, for example, the alumni network or uh, the culture of alumni network is pretty much very weak, if not non-existent yeah. in some of the universities. And that's a huge opportunity. That's what uh, creates, for example, the same Berkeley University is a unique place. Not because of the university itself, it's about this, again, the rings right. the <laughs> around, rings around it, planet, like what yeah. you can do beyond that. Yeah. Right. So um, what's next for that university will be, for example, the hub, how you make this uh, conduits, how you connect the people and uh, processes yeah. together. And again, comes to my expertise in connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. Connecting the dots of, like, if we put these pieces together, right, we creating synergy. Right, you're aligning uh, interests. Right, and yeah. synergistic, um, you know, value, as we know, is much bigger than just the sum of pieces. Yeah. That's yeah. what the... Uh, whole kind of definition of synergy yeah so this is where this uh, process of leverage comes in you creating more with less right right and uh, we come to um as you mentioned from the beginning uh, ground zero yes ground zero i mean uh, people perceive as a coffee shop right. which is a coffee shop uh however coffee shop is essential and critical element of this ecosystem development. Coffee shop as a place which changes the mindset. Okay. So it's the starting point. First of all, ground zero, it's starting point. Right. It's named because of that, because things start there. It's enabled there. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm creating environment with my partners who are, by the way, quite uh, familiar, at least in Armenia, in Yerevan, um, with uh, the Armenian uh, cafe space. And right, right. Coffee uh, shop space. Yeah. So I partnered with uh, founders, two sisters, uh, Kima and Sona at, um, uh, from Aperitivo. Uh -huh. And I've been watching and uh, uh, kind of definitely observing the place as one of yeah. also cultural uh, phenomena or places yeah. and consistency and uh, experiences which they went through and what uh, kind of the changes they place bring to the place so it was definitely a great um, uh, way to connect partner and uh, do something 
quite different at a different level. Yeah. So with that said, what we do create, so I'm bringing this whole concept from the Silicon Valley uh, where uh, technology and coffee cultures yeah. really come the symbiosis of which you can't really find anywhere else in the world. So we develop now technology space. In technology space, in uh, this ecosystem, we have uh, great improvement mm -hmm. in Armenia. Now, how can you take this to the next level Leverage and, it, uh, at the scale, yeah. right? So this is where coffee shops right. come in. Coffee shop, um, so the whole culture of um, deal making yeah. in informal environment where things over the hundreds of years been created. Yeah. It started in coffee shops. Even the first venture deals been done in coffee shops right. back in London in coffee shops or where you um, send uh, ships to mm -hmm. India, for example. Essentially, it's a high-risk yeah. uh, venture. Right. You invest in that venture you don't know if that ship will come back or not. Right. But when it comes back, your profit could be 100 times. Right. And this is uh, the Just classical like definition yeah. of um, BC. And it's been done in coffee shops. Yeah. Right. So taking this to the Silicon Valley, what's unique, the spirit of uh, this startup of risk-taking, of uh, you know pushing the envelope which uh, is present, what made the Silicon Valley, yeah. right? It pushed the coffee, the specialty coffee, high quality coffee, you know, culture to completely different level. Yeah. I do coffee uh, tours mm -hmm. in uh, San Francisco. And the uh, idea was to take founders and uh, international delegations over the last 10, 15 years, which I've been doing this, not only taste a great coffee, yeah. which also open up your horizon in terms of what coffee is or right. what kind of coffee could be, right? Mm -hmm. But also talk about different type of innovations in the business, in marketing, in uh, community building, which happen in this small place, 10 by 10 kilometers called San Francisco. Right. Like how so many companies in that space build different type of uh, high potential businesses, even global businesses around the same bin of coffee. Right, right. Right. So that's mind-blowing in terms of like when you see how it's been done, what kind of processes they went through, how they live on the same block. And yeah. They have customers. They yeah. have global customers. So that's one. Uh, that's how the spirit changed the coffee culture and now spread around the world, and, yeah. uh, you know, especially in the U.S., to New York and other places. But uh, there is also another component how this culture of coffee help, uh, you know, the Silicon Valley and technology companies, mm -hmm. I mean, to drive new level, new type of yeah. uh, startups. Innovations. Innovations, right. So this symbiosis does not exist in other places yet. Right. And ground zero is, um, you know... Trying to push that culture forward. Right, yeah. and create that in Armenia. Yeah. Because we love coffee. Right, yes. Armenians <laughs> love coffee, yeah. which is not uh, new, right? At the same time, the coffee we've been consuming over the years been really bad or re very bad. Right. <laughs> so when you bring new um, uh, high-quality coffee, it has uh, kind of uh, features or uh, qualities of similar to wine. Yeah, we know how wine uh, culture 
you know, been driven by several people, changed yeah. uh, Armenia and now what we have. Yes. And uh, Ground Zero uh, Station or kind of founded uh, on Sarian 1 Street in yeah. Yerevan is uh, kind of perfectly situated in the place where, you know, wine culture right. started and um, have similar qualities of wine. Yeah. You bring uh, people to the new level how to really perceive coffee, high-quality yeah. coffee. Yeah. I have a question about um, the impact that the startup culture and tech culture to a greater extent has on the overall business culture of certain communities. So I've spent some time in San Francisco. And every company you see operating in the Bay Area, whether it's a shipping company or a cafe, has the same sort of DNA and look and vibe to it. Uh, they all operate like they're a high-growth tech startup. <laughs> At least that's how it looks from the outside. Do you think with the startup ecosystem maturing and accelerating in Armenia, will that, or maybe how can we have that uh, sort of trickle out to other sectors like, I don't know, winemaking or fashion industry, et cetera? Like, how do we export that culture? So, Or um, am, I, am I right that it's... Is, does that happen when you have a strong startup ecosystem or is San Francisco just a unique corner of the so world? So you mentioned about the culture. Again, going yeah. back to why, uh, for example, what Ground Zero tries to do, yeah. right? Ground Zero is not for techies only, right? Yeah. right? So it's about bringing new culture right. in terms of what uh, kind of opportunities are out there. Yeah, You could be in different type of businesses. You could have uh, completely or kind of non-existent connection yeah. to tech world yeah. in general. You probably never heard of uh, companies we just talked about. Right. right? It doesn't matter. You come there to change, expand your mindset and see what else is going on. Yeah. So there is some sort of energy and spirit in yeah. this place. Uh, how you perceive coffee, food, and uh, how people connect to each other. And this is what opens up your kind of, you may be expert in agriculture. Mm -hmm. And this allows you to kind of step back and see, look at the your space yeah. from a different standpoint. This is where new ideas start developing, right? So you may uh, get together with a techie guy who has something or, um, you know, just uh, some uh, even outsider, yeah. you know, tourist, mm -hmm. right? You start conversation and there is this exchange of information and experiences, right? And suddenly you come to realization, hey, I never heard of this, yeah. right? Uh, interesting, can I combine this and this and this in my world? So this is how innovation starts. Mm -hmm. Innovation is taking the same information, right, or available information and putting together a different way. Yeah. Or connecting yeah. differently, right? So this is how I see not everything you kind of create for the first time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Most of the time, it's like how you connect these pieces together. It also creates innovation. Right. There's a mold to it. Right. That you have to... And again, the uh, idea of uh, the essential element of changing the mindset of uh, you usually drink bad coffee. Right. Now you start trying uh, kind of new coffee. You have different visuals, different, uh, you know, effect of uh, feelings about like what this is. You feel... Like a, a small a taste of uh, strawberry, for example, yeah. uh, in your coffee, which yeah. never been introduced to coffee, right. but you, your senses are creating new visuals. They connect with your memories, your 
uh, expertise, and you uh, suddenly start seeing some different pictures. Right. Yeah. Right? Like perceiving the world around you. I mean, definitely it's a process. It's not just one day, one time. Uh, however, I'm creating this analogy to say this is the starting point. Definitely not enough to make everything we talk about. But people usually are good with something. Mm -hmm. They have some capabilities, qualities, expertise. They just don't see how they apply in different disciplines, in different places. Yeah. Now you expand this horizon. You're saying this place is for anyone who is interested to come back, to come back repeatedly, yeah. to grow personally or professionally. Right. right. Ground Zero is not the place only for startups, new startups. Yes, By the way, right, I yeah. spend time uh, meeting with community and uh, it's not just for techies. Right. Yeah. If you have something to talk about, let's come. I have the coffee hour. Coffee hours, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantastic initiative you're doing. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the idea is, um, hey, maybe I can give you some uh, perspective which can help you. Yeah. You never know when it will come back. Many times new ideas take time to process. And to bake inside you. Yeah. yeah, to connect with you internally in your experiences, yeah. which you may not have at that point. Yeah, I had many cases when founders came back to me and they said, Karen, what you told us like a year ago just resonated with me. Hmm. I just realized what the value is. Yeah, Or what you've been describing for months ago, we went through the process and we realized how deeply we see this process yeah, yeah something you you can have a conversation with someone at some point that it doesn't really click then but you'll have some experience down the road where that value will then arise and it's yeah. not their fault it's about yeah, again yeah, limited experiences yeah. they have right eventually this leads to this process of going through the tunnel and coming out on the top of the mountain and seeing yeah. this entire broad horizon right. with all the colors and shapes Right. Yeah. Okay, Gagan. Uh, I think we could speak for another two or three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is one of the podcasts where I've spoken the least. It was so fascinating hearing your yeah. your experience. Uh, let's finish with our last question. Where do you hope to see the Armenian tech ecosystem in the coming five to ten years? What what hopes do you have for it? Definitely not only hopes, but uh, at least uh, the efforts are in that direction. Yeah. Again, um, if I consider my experience um, and uh, expertise which been developed over the shape in different parts of the world and over the last 30 years, right? To take and create what the next mission is, yeah. at least. And if you look at my career path, you see a very clear pattern of four or five years every time. Work with the government, you yeah. know, consulting, you know, working with large multinationals. And that experience was really rich. I mean, taking companies to IPO like yeah. Tesla, you know, just... Um, you know, doing M&A, doing digital transformations with top names in the Valley. That's uh, great. Yeah. So every four or five years, I'm asking, what's the next big thing, right? And uh, it's clear to me that the success, which was done primarily, as they put it, single-handedly on my shoulders um, throughout, uh, you know, the last five years, I definitely want to expand the success stories. Yeah. Uh, take them to the new level and most important thing is to inst institutionalize it mm -hmm. because when people say single-handedly it doesn't mean yeah. it's institutional yet right. right if it's institutional then it becomes detached from if i'm not doing it exactly yeah. that falls apart yeah and i don't want that pro uh, to be just 
based on me only. Because that's unsustainable. Of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what's your? I- it's for any business, right? right? Yeah. Whatever I consider business. Yeah. Right. At some point, it detaches from the founders. It's uh, it's a it's a body. It's an organism which right. lives. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's kind of what I'm um, at least hoping to achieve. And I'm definitely encouraging and uh, calling for um, people and organizations who want to be on this journey. Who, uh, this is not my journey. This is big journey beyond mm-hmm. me. Uh, I definitely can help. I can definitely connect. And I definitely can design, architect the ecosystem and uh, help to drive. At the same time, it's joint effort. Right. And, uh, I call for uh, people who wants to be on this place from different uh, uh, walks of life and uh, definitely different industries. There is uh, This requires joint effort from financial side, from partnership side, from banking side, from university service is. side, mm-hmm. from university, definitely. So um, we have a lot to do. Yeah. And, uh, Armenia is and can be the center at least oh, for the activity. region. Yeah. Yeah. Finishing this thought, you know, when I was uh, definitely doing a lot of um, uh, comparison and putting parallels between the coffee mm-hmm. and tech businesses, why they're so important, why they're so connected. Think of this. Armenians who created the coffee shops in the same London or Vienna. Yeah. They've been a great example of um, entrepreneurship. They saw in Ottoman Empire right. some great opportunity. Not only they seized that opportunity, but they expanded. So right. I want to remind through historical context and stories, bringing definitely experts who can talk about this more, yeah. to remind that we have that spirit. Mm-hmm. We just need to nurture and develop, release that potential. Like if you look at the uh, coffee bean, it's squeezed. It's like very tight, yeah. right? So by looking at that uh, bean, by really, uh, you know, filling that bean, by roasting it to the proper place, you bring that, you can bring that to the top mm-hmm. uh, potential. You can unveil that potential. That's inside of it. Yeah. Right. So what we've been doing with uh, companies, same thing with the coffee. So there is a lot of similarities what we do. Like there are so many different aspects and variables which go into this process. Yeah. But finding this sweet spot and finding these opportunities, we can really unveil not only your internal genius, in a sense, right? To say who you are, to develop you, you know, the way yeah. you are on a global scale. This is what we, um, at least uh, my mission, this is what I've been doing for a number of years. And this is definitely what I'd like to share my journey, um, you know, going forward with other people. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot more to talk to with you about. So I hope you'll join us again to, to speak about all that. Danjan, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you.